The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show. And we are set to go. Welcome to the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here and co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. Reach out. Do not hesitate. Get the compensation you deserve or just have a chat. Get educated by Lior and his team. And from there, they'll take care of you. No doubt how you do that is uh, real simple, right? one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we use on the show. And otherwise, and there's also the uh, fantastic website, free, anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And that has all kinds of different avenues and aspects of employment law, everything from constructive dismissal to harassment at work to the severance pay calculator. There's even a, a section there in disability law with a crossover between the two practices. That's uh, taken care of as well. Again, workplace involved could be a vaccine thing, could be a mandate thing, could be COVID-related. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a job thing. Maybe someone's offered you or your boss a new employment contract to sign and says, you got to have this to me tomorrow. Put your John Hancock there. As uh, between the phone calls, we'll get to the topic of going on a disability leave. There you go. I just mentioned that a moment ago, so we'll cover that. But first, uh, Lior, we always get into the uh, the show, get warmed up the the week that was. How are you? Well, I've been on the phone a lot, and I've been emailing with a lot of people, as I, I tend to do. But it seems more so this week. Just a lot of questions, a lot of people are concerned about various workplace issues. Certainly a lot of uh, vaccine mandate questions that I've been dealing with. So. If you have the same questions, if you have concerns, workplace problems, well, you can always reach me in the office, get answers to your questions so that you can hopefully go go to sleep a bit more peacefully tonight, having those questions answered. And you'll be helping others by asking those questions. So please, whatever the workplace issue is, no bad questions. There's really only answers and solutions. But of course, as I already said, you absolutely can reach out to me at the office like so many people do. You can phone, you can email. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But now that we're ready and waiting for the calls, let's start with a couple situations that came across my desk. So I spoke uh, today with uh, a gentleman who had worked for one of the major banks, not going to say who, and uh, this bank actually has decided that at least at this point, unvaccinated employees can continue working as long as they abide by uh, various testing requirements. Uh, which, by the way, this gentleman who's not vaccinated was fine with. But what his uh, employer wanted, the bank, they wanted him and and all the other employees to sign a form confirming whether they're vaccinated or not. He didn't want to do that. He didn't feel like sharing his medical information. So instead he said, I take COVID-19 very seriously. I'm willing to, uh, you know, wear masks and and get tested if you need me to and, and distancing, but I'm not comfortable telling you about my medical condition. Well, his employer gave him a couple of warnings, said, well, if you don't tell us, we're going to put you on a leave. If you don't tell us, put you on a leave, etc." Finally, uh, they did. and said, well, you didn't tell us whether you're vaccinated or not, so we're putting you on an unpaid indefinite leave. So he called me and he wanted to know, can they do that? So I don't know why it's so hard for employers to understand that, no, you cannot put employees on unpaid leave. So this employer has already decided that it's okay for employees not to be vaccinated as long as they do COVID tests, et cetera. 
So if that's okay, why does he have to tell him about his status? If you're not, you don't know, feel free to just treat him as an unvaccinated employee and have him do COVID tests, which he said he's willing to do. Makes no sense. Completely irrational and, and uh, just doesn't make any sense. I wanted to bring this up because the rule still applies. Ultimately, if you are let go because you did not reveal your, uh, your, COVID, uh, your vaccine status, or if you're put on an unpaid leave because you didn't reveal your vaccine status, you are owed severance. And you can't prevent, physically prevent your employer from doing that. You can stop them from putting you on a leave, but you can absolutely get severance. Now, John, this person had worked there for over 20 years in a very senior role. He's going to be owed close to two years' pay. So there's an important lesson there. Now, I'm not telling you not to reveal your status. In fact, I think there's good reasons to reveal your vaccine status. But if you ultimately don't, and because of that you lose your job, yeah, you are owed severance. We'll get started right away. Thanks uh, for coming on early. Carla, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great, fantastic. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, so this week, my employer, what they did was they sent out an email to everybody in the company um, telling us, that, or at least asking us to acknowledge and agree to their COVID-19 vaccination policy. And what it is, is they're just saying you either have to be vaccinated or if, you know, if for whatever reason you don't want to, then you have to agree to be tested before, um, you know, before entering the, the office. So because they're asking us to sign this now, what I'm wondering is, is, is this kind of a way of getting around having to issue uh, like a new employment um, agreement, mm-hmm. right? Because it's something that they're asking us to sign and if I sign it, like, you know, what should I be aware of? So this, no, it's not a new employment agreement. This only applies to vaccines. So if you sign it, then you've given your consent to agree to it. If you don't sign it, then you don't agree to it. So really, the only question you should be asking yourself is, am I okay with agreeing with it? Am I okay to abide by what this says? If you are, if you have, you're okay with it, may as well go ahead and sign. If you do not sign, uh, they likely likely will let you go or put you on a leave because of that. You would be owed severance, but yeah, you would be out of a job. So I, it's not an employment agreement. You simply have to decide for yourself whether or not you're, you're okay to do what they're asking you to do. Okay, so, so that was my main question. Like, it's not an employment agreement, like a newly drafted one. No, it's simply a, a vaccine policy. It's a policy. Okay, so yeah, I'll just I need to read it through because it's several pages yeah. long. That's that's why it made me wonder if this was, you know, uh, kind of under the, the the guise of an employment agreement. Well, in, in fairness, obviously, Carla, not having seen the document, I can't tell you what else it says or, or does. I mean, there could be other terms there that have nothing to do with vaccines. Uh, but if it simply deals with vaccination, then no, it's not an agreement. It's simply a vaccination policy. Okay. All right. Thank you, Carla. Appreciate the call and the time. If you want to reach out or continue on further, you can uh, you can do so and talk to Lior and his team, one 821 5900 You know, mentioning your first uh, week that was part of Lior and the, and the, you know, the unpaid leave, w- would, the, would the metric change if it was a put-on-leave with pay? Well, uh, if you're put on a leave with pay, I, I think you probably say thank you. 
I mean, I, I, I volunteer right now to be put on the leave with pay. Uh, but no, the reality is that employers won't do that because then they're paying employees not to work. So that's just yeah. not going to happen. But yeah, if they did that, could they do that? It would probably still be a constructive dismissal. I just think many, most employees would not want to pursue it in that situation. What's the uh, second matter you got to, you got in mind? Yeah, so I spoke uh, with another uh, gentleman who had told me that uh, him and his, uh, a, nub- a number of employees in his department, I think it may have even been the entire department that he was part of, uh, were called into a meeting and told that uh, their employment is being terminated. But, hey, silver lining, employer says, uh, we're able to get you guys jobs somewhere else at a different company. But if you want those jobs, you have to quit and, and say that you've resigned and forego any severance. Uh-huh. So uh, this is what the employee wanted to to understand. Can they do that? And of course they can't. Their employment is terminated. That the employer doesn't get to relieve itself of its severance obligations that way. And it's just a reminder, of course, that the only pr- time that you quit is if you do it voluntarily, if you do it of your own free will, your own volition, not because someone told you or threatened you or or gave you ultimatums. So so this person is terminated. I'll get them severance. Uh, and frankly, it's in the employer's interest to help them find another job because that may reduce their severance obligations. So no, he should absolutely not quit. Uh, and same with you. If your employer, for any reason, doesn't have to be the same, any reason tells you, I need you to quit, your answer is, that's great, but I'm not doing it. Uh, if your so they employer kinda, wants, wants sorry, you to be gone, they should pay you severance. They kind of hang that. They they dangle that. You know, it'll look bad if you if if you're fired as opposed to resigning. Thing they kind of make the optics look terrible, which you've said numerous times. There's no there's no archive. There's no permanent record. It isn't. It's not a blemish on your life, right? Absolutely not. The, the there's no reason to ever be concerned about being let go instead of uh, resigning or, or yeah. vice versa. No. If your company doesn't want you there, let them let you go. That doesn't impact you in any way other than you get severance. Want to get Robert in here before we take a short break? Hi, Robert. How are you? Good evening. Good. How are you? Good, mate. What's going on? Uh, Just a quick question for Lior. Uh, Back on December 7th, the federal government uh, announced a press release about uh, modifying Part 2 of the Federal Labor Code to include a mandatory vaccination. Uh, I'm just curious on where that is. and, And if I am working at a federally regulated workplace in the private sector, and that mandate comes in, am I entitled to severance if I choose not to be vaccinated? So, Robert, there's been uh, radio silence on that front from the government uh, since the, the, that announcement in December. They haven't said if, in fact, they're following through on it, when they will, how they will, and if there is a mandate, what it will actually say. So because of that, I actually can't tell you what will happen because even if they implement a mandate, there may be exceptions to it. There may be other situations or other options. So we really can't say until we actually see the mandate. Now, if they were to implement the mandate that says you have to be vaccinated, full stop, end of story, no other options. If that's what it says, which, by the way, I doubt that's what I would say. But if it does, then yes, at that point, if you lose your job because you're not vaccinated, you would not be owed any severance. But again, that's very premature. We would have to see what the mandate says if and when it uh, actually comes out. Robert, appreciate the call. You know how to reach out if you uh, want to. Any further help at employmentlawyer.ca and 1-855-821-5900. Going on disability leave, that's the topic for the remainder of the night. And Employment Law Show continues.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And we are back. And welcome to it. Going on a disability leave, that will be the topic, so stay tuned for that. But first, calls always priority. Good evening, Mary. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Um, my question is, is that I work for a company that has mandated vaccines, and um, we've been told that we need to go back to work in the next month. And I'm concerned. I've decided that I, I am going to get vaccinated, and I am going to get my booster, but I'm not feeling comfortable about going back into an office with other people that may have not been vaccinated or that may have not had their booster. And that potentially could put me at risk, especially with this new variant that we have with COVID. So my question is, you know, do I have an obligation to have to go back into the office or what are my options? So, yes, actually, uh, you do have an obligation if your job kind of pre-pandemic was to work in the office and as long as your employer is allowed to have employees in the office in other words there's no government rule or order preventing that then yes well, they're able to require regulated we are federally regulated so there is a vaccine policy and mandate in place that people do get vaccinated but you know with some other restrictions and stuff like that but i guess my concern is you know, even with double vaccination and not with having the booster, because that hasn't been added to the policy, you know, I'm worried about going back into work and potentially like getting sick. So if your employer says to come back to work, as long as they're complying with what the government says they have to comply with in terms of health and safety, even though you're, you're concerned, I obviously understand that concern. If you don't go back, you'd be considered to have resigned. Now, the best advice I can give you is to speak to your employer and, and see if something could be worked out where you uh, work from home at least for a while longer and maybe maybe they'll agree to be flexible. But ultimately, if they say, sorry, no flexibility, you have to come back to work, then you do have to or you've resigned. Now, if there's a, a particular medical condition that you have that your doctor feels should keep you out of the workplace or maybe you're particularly susceptible to COVID-19 or there's an immune uh, disorder, if your doctor gives you a doctor's note saying that for health reasons you should not be back physically at work, then they have to accommodate you. But without that doctor's note, as I said, if you don't go to work, you you would have been considered to have resigned. Okay, yeah. The main problem is is that most of us have not had our boosters yet, and we know that based on on the statistics that that doesn't protect fully against the new variant. And I don't feel comfortable going back into the office with people not having boosters and potentially other people not even being vaccinated. Unfortunately, because there's no uh, government requirement that says you have to all be vaccinated, uh, in that situation, if you don't go back to work, you would have been considered to have resigned. That sucks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mary. Appreciate that. Common sentiment, I would imagine, when you have that conversation uh, with people off air and just on the phone, right, Lior? That's usually how it comes down. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, yeah. I mean, it's very important to remember about these things with, with your employer. Your employer has to comply with whatever the government says. As long as they do that, 
they're considered to to be okay and they can require you to to do your job to come into work uh, and even though you may have concerns a lot of us do of course uh it, it's natural we're in a pandemic but despite that if he doesn't go back to work yeah she she would have resigned help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address anytime as well in between the calls, want to get into our uh, topic for the night and a very topical one, of course, over the last uh, two years of the pandemic, uh, pandemic, et cetera, that is going on a disability leave. As far as that's concerned, Lior, what, uh, what issues do you see when it comes to, to medical leaves day to day? So, Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's been a huge issue because people have been taking time off, not just because of COVID-19 or getting COVID-19 or complications. What I've seen a lot since we've started this pandemic are people going off for uh, mental health reasons related to the pandemic and all the new stresses that we're all under, uh, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, etc. So it is perfectly acceptable and normal to have to go on these leaves. If you have your doctor's support, we'll talk about that more. And so that is a very, very common issue. And the problems that I see is oftentimes employers not wanting to have employees go on a leave, giving them a hard time, uh, or employers uh, giving ultimatums, you have to come back within a certain period of time, yeah. or on the end of it, employers not bringing back employees when the employees are coming back uh, to, or ready to come back to work. So we want to address all that so both employees and employers know what the rights and obligations are when it comes to disability leaves. If someone has to be away from work for, uh, for medical reasons, uh, either a list or some point form, what do they need to do? So it may seem that it's complicated. I need to be on a disability leave. Maybe there's a lot of things that I need to do to make that happen. No, they actually, you don't have to do many things. The only thing you need to be able to go off on a disability leave is have a doctor's note. If you have a doctor's note that says you need to go off on a medical leave and you present that note to your doctor, that's it. You've complied with what you need to do in order to take that leave. And there's really nothing that the employer can do about it. Your employer doesn't get to question your doctor. Your employer doesn't get to say, no, that's wrong. Your employer has to do what the doctor says. Now, that doctor's note, by the way, doesn't have to have a, an end date. It doesn't have to say two months or one week, or it could be either for an indefinite period of time or it could be for a fixed amount of time. But that doctor's note is your weapon. It's, it's the thing that gives you the power to take that disability leave. You can't take it if you feel you can't work. You need a doctor's note. If you have that, that's all, all, all you need. Um, being away from work for medical reasons happens all the time. How long can an individual do that, be away for? So there's no time limit. You can be off as long as you need to if that's what your doctor says. As long as it takes to, for you to get better, as long as it takes for you to uh, be put in a position where you can be healthy enough to go back to work. Maybe that's a week for you. Maybe that's a month or a year or longer. It doesn't matter. What matters is whether you have your doctor's support. So an employer doesn't get to dictate how long you're going to be off. You don't get to, the employee doesn't get to dictate that. The doctor decides, you know, going back to the, the, the power that the doctor has. So it doesn't matter if an employer has a policy. They can't have a policy. You can be off as long as you need to until it's time for you to be, uh, until you're better, until it's time to go back to work. And of course, that's all dictated by the doctor. How about the old, uh, you know, the employer will come down just as a side note to this point and said, well, you know, I know you're off. I know you're off on a leave, but, uh, you know, you've used your 10 sick days, so uh, we'll see you Monday. <laughs> Can you imagine? So yeah. having sick days, uh, mm-hmm. and which many employers do, 
is is not really have doesn't have anything to do with being off on a leave. Now the sick days have to, has to do with how many of those days you're going to be off. You're going to get paid. Yep. So let's say you need to be off for 30 days, and your employer has 10 sick days. That means that you'll get paid for 10 of those days, right? Because your employer has that policy, and you won't get paid by your employer for the remaining 20. For that, you'd have to apply for EI or short-term disability, for example, if your employer has that uh, plan as part of the benefits plan. But the number of sick days has absolutely nothing to do with how long you can be off. You can be off two years if you, you know, hopefully you don't need to. But yeah. if you have a serious medical condition or you've been in an accident and you're going to be recovering over the next two years, that's absolutely fine. And that number of sick days is not going to impact that in any way. Next question is this. What happens to the employee's job while on medical leave? I mean, you can imagine, you know, the answer is kind of, you can answer yourself if it's been three weeks or a month or two months. But like you said, if it's up to two years, what goes down then? So what happens is you remain an employee while you're on the leave. Whether it's a month or two years, you remain an employee. So you're an employee on an inactive status, of course. But the fact that you're an employee means that when you're ready to come back to work, your employer has to make all reasonable efforts to try to bring you back, either to your same job or if that job doesn't exist, to a different job. Now, if the employer has tried to find a job for you, try to bring you back, and there's literally nothing available anymore, despite their best efforts, at that point, and only at that point, can they terminate you with severance. Right. I've seen many cases, hundreds of cases over the years, where the employer didn't try, didn't really want to bring the employee back. That's not just a wrongful dismissal. That is potentially a human rights violation as well. So you remain an employee, but I wouldn't worry about your job until you're ready to come back to work. You may be concerned that your employer has filled your position. Don't worry about that right now because you're not ready to come back to work yet. Mm -hmm. Once you're ready to come back to work, you give your employer a note saying, I'm ready to come back. And at that point, the, the, the clock starts ticking on your employer's obligation to make efforts to bring you back. I'll get a call in there in between. That would be uh, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Good evening. Oh, uh, good evening. Um, I hope you guys are safe from this pandemic. And, oh, yeah. Uh, um, I wanted well. to, sorry, I wanted to comment, um, being on disability, and I don't know if this uh, has anything to do with what you're talking about, I hope it does, I'm just trying to uh, figure out why uh, the government passed a bill along with the Senate for assisted dying with, uh, for people who are depressed or suffer from mental illness and has driven a lot of um, people on disability to, and it starts at the age of 16. Um, and I, I kind of, you know, say that it's a discrimination um, against uh, people on disability, and especially when they haven't received the cost of living since 2018, and that at, uh, was only at 1%. So people who want to, you know, get away from mental illness, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, you, know, you know, from work, uh, you know, just to, you know, uh, take a breather or whatever, um, or depressed or suffer. So, from uh, Deborah, let me, let me stop you there. I mean, that's a, sure. you know, obviously an interesting issue, and it's kind of a political one. I can't really comment on that. Uh, you know, why the government may or may not have done certain things. You know, it's it's that's kind of above my pay grade. Uh, we're talking about what the law is and how to interpret it and how to deal with different situations where your employer may give you a hard time because you're off on a disability. Thanks for the uh, call, Deborah. But we are talking about going on disability leave. Now, that's different when it comes to the employment uh, employment angle of things. How about a disability plan? Does it matter if your employer has or doesn't have one when you go off? 
So some employers, many employers, in fact, have a disability plan. So it's part of your benefits package. You have either short-term or long-term or, or, or likely both short-term and long-term disability. So if you're off work, there's uh, there's compensation payments from an insurance company that's going to start kicking in to make sure that you get paid while you're off work. So some employers have that. Obviously, if your employer has that, uh, if you need to be off work, you should apply for that. That's why you have these benefits. You're likely actually paying the premiums. So you should apply for that right away. But even if your employer doesn't have that, it has nothing to do with your ability to be off work. Whether your employer has a disability plan or not has nothing to do with you being able to be off. You, you may not get paid from an insurance company. You may be limited to any uh, benefits that are available through government at that point. But your employer can't say, sorry, uh, employee, because we don't have a disability plan, you can't go off on a disability. Nonsense. If you can't work, because of medical reasons, if you have your doctor's support and a doctor's note, you can be off as long as needed, regardless of whether your employer has a, a disability plan. As it relates to, say, medical information, how far, what kind of license does the employer have as far as uh, what they can ask for? You know, over the past few weeks, I've received a number of calls from people that were exactly in this situation, wanting yeah. or needing to go off on a disability, getting doctor's note. And the employer says, well, we're not so fast. Before we uh, uh, finalize this, we need to get all kinds of information. We want to know what your medical condition is, what treatment you're getting, uh, and, and uh, you know what specialist you're seeing. So no, no, no. Your employer does not have a right to know any particulars about your medical condition. They don't even need to, they don't have a right to even demand to know what the medical condition is. Whether you're suffering from uh, depression or a bad back, it's irrelevant. What's relevant is whether or not you're able to work. Yeah. So this is what we call the distinction between diagnosis and prognosis. So your employer is allowed to know your prognosis. In other words, they're allowed to know whether you can work, how long you're going to be off, and whether or not there's uh, any accommodation that you need. Good questions, legitimate questions. But your employer cannot know or cannot demand to know your diagnosis. What is the medical condition? What is the treatment? That's off-base, off-side. They don't have a right to know that. You can refuse and you cannot be punished for refusing to provide that information. Tom, thanks for, thanks for standing by. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind, brother? A uh, quick, simple question. I get uh, I get a whopping two paid sick days a year. <laughs> uh, if you're sick more than two days, you have to start using your vacation days. Is that right? Is that acceptable? Because more or less, yeah, I mean, if you're offered off with COVID for say five days because of a sick one or whatever, you're using up half your vacation days. So is that is that all right to do or? Well, it, it's it's. It's a question of whether it's legal, and, and it is legal in the sense that an employer okay. is not required to provide sick days, uh, and then an employer okay. can also decide when you get to use uh, vacation days. Keep in mind, though, okay. that at least as yeah. relates to COVID-19, the government yeah. of Ontario has implemented the three uh, sick days that the government pays for, so you're entitled to those. Uh, yeah, it pays you. <laughs> well, if you didn't get paid Come for those, that's that's illegal, right? That they have to pay. Yeah, that's not. About that. Yeah. And what they say? Uh, it wasn't on my paycheck, so yeah. So you have to get yeah, paid for three days. Okay. Yeah, that was last year's pay. I didn't get that. But, but other than that, yeah. So if I'm sick for more than two days, and it is acceptable to use your vacation days, I guess? If that's what your employer wants to do, an employer gets to, yeah. to 
schedule vacation. It's a okay. kind of a crappy thing to do, believe me. But from yeah. a oh, legal standpoint, yeah. they, they, okay. they could do it. Yes. Awesome. Okay, that's what I want to know. Well, thanks, Tom. Appreciate. It. Glad we could uh, we could answer that uh, that question. Does the employee have to answer the employee's request for medical information, or can you just ignore them? Well, as long as the employer's questions are legitimate, then yes, the right. employee does need to answer. So if your employer says, well, can you give us some more information about how long you expect to be off? Or can you tell us, is there a job that you can do right now if we accommodate you? Uh, or you know, can you tell us when will you have an update? Those are all legitimate questions, and you should a- answer them. But or, or get an answer from a doctor. But on the other hand, if your employer says, well, we want to know what your medical condition is, uh, then no, you, you can ignore that or simply tell your employer, I'm not answering that because it's irrelevant. Uh, so it depends on the question. Again, it goes to the prognosis for his diagnosis thing. I got you. How about the IME, the independent medical examination? That particular term comes up all the time on uh, Sivan's disability law show. But can an employer require an employee to attend one? I don't know what the last couple of weeks, so what, what, what's been going on with them? Because, again, I've seen that a couple of times over, the, over that period of time where wow. employers say, we want you, we, we don't necessarily know or agree with what your doctor is saying. So, you know what? We're going to get a, our own doctor. We're going to pay for that doctor to give you an independent medical exam so that doctor can tell us whether you can work or not. No. Your employer cannot demand that you see another doctor. Your employer doesn't get to say that they don't agree with your doctor. If they have questions, if they think that your doctor has said something that's unclear or maybe there's there's something that they don't understand from what your doctor said, then, yeah, they can ask for clarification. Not a problem. That's legitimate to do. But they don't get to go and say you need to see another doctor. They don't get to say, well, we don't like what this guy says, so let's hope that another guy is going to say something different. Uh, you can absolutely reject that. There's no re- reason you would do that. Uh, so uh, when it comes to your employer scheduling an independent medical exam, yeah, the answer should be thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, let's let's hope another guy says something different. The guy that we're actually paying, maybe we'll get a different result from him. But as far as uh, being off for a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of months, maybe that's fine. Your employer's going to basically know what's going on. But does an employee have an obligation to keep their employer up to date as to their medical condition? And I, I guess that would be a more of a, a logical, easier question. The lo- the lengthier the the absence, no? Exactly. If you're going to be gone for a week, then you know, tell your employer I'm going to be gone for a week and that's all you got to do. But if you're going to be gone for, for a longer period of time, if your absence is going to be measured in months rather than, than days or weeks, then yes, it is a very good idea to keep your employer updated. And I'm not even suggesting a, a long email or letter, you know, once a month, you know, send a quick note just telling your employer that, hey, yep. just so you know, still working on getting better, still getting treatment and hoping to be back uh, to work at some point. You don't want them to forget about you, but also you don't want them to think that you've just kind of quit your job and moved on. Uh, you know, if you're out of contact with your employer, they haven't heard from you for two years, and then one of these days you knock on the door and say, here I am, ready to come back to work, your employer may say, well, wait a second, we hadn't heard from you for two years. We thought you quit. So you want to avoid that situation. So stay in touch. A quick note, one or two lines is all you need to once a month. Uh, if you have an actual update, like, you know, uh, my doctor says that I may be able to start coming back to work soon, whatever that is, give the update. Otherwise, just a very kind of generic, still here, still working on getting better, and I'll be in touch once a month. As far as uh, being on disability and dealing with an insurer is concerned, if the disability insurer threatens to cut off the employee, what happens then? 
So unfortunately, you may find two uh, common problems with disability insurers. Either one, they don't approve you for disability benefits, even though your doctor says uh, you should be getting them. Or number two, they approve you, but then they cut you off before you're ready to come back to work. Mm-hmm. Both of those are common, common situations. And many individuals feel that when that happens, there's no option. Well, sometimes the insurance company may even throw you a bone and say, you know what, we, we've cut you off, but here's what we'll do. We'll give you the right to appeal that. Oh. Waste of time, right? Waste yeah. of time. You know that uh, because you're essentially you're appealing to the people that have already made the decision to reject you. Waste of time. If you get rejected from disability benefits or if you get cut off before your doctor says you're ready to come back to work, we need to deal with this. We need to push back against the insurance company. We need to let them know that, no, they can't do that and they can't get away with that. At, at my firm, we have a whole department just dealing with that. Very good, very successful. We can either get the insurance company to change its mind very quickly or we neg- and negotiate uh, monetary compensation. Either way, your doctor, what your doctor says should matter, should matter to your employer and to your insurance company. Let's get Dave in here in the last couple of minutes. Hi, Dave. Thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you, gentlemen? Good. What's on your mind? Well, uh... I'm curious as to whether or not it is mandatory for an employer to either uh, hold back the 4% vacation pay or pay it on every paycheck. Like, is that a mandatory thing? Do they have to do that? Or is that a voluntary thing? So your employer gets to decide whether they're going to add vacation pay to every check or simply hold it back and pay it to you when you actually take vacation. So those are the two options, and it's the employer's decision as to which way they do it. But one way or another, they do have to pay vacation pay, whether it's every check or when you actually take the vacation. And that would show up on the pay stub, supposedly, yes. correct? Yes. If they were paying to you on your paycheck, uh, on each paycheck, then yes. It would be a line there that says vacation pay 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is that they're paying, and you would see it there, absolutely. And what if it does not show up? If it doesn't show up, then it's likely because they're not paying it on the paycheck, which means that you will get paid once you're off work. So if you take two weeks vacation, for example, you get paid during that time. That means they're actually paying you the 4% at that point. Well, I'm no longer with that employer. Uh, It was never shown on my check at all. In fact, I'm still waiting for my final paycheck. So, and well, okay, if it's not part of your final paycheck and and they owe you vacation, but you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, they have to pay that. By the way, uh, because we're running out of time, so I won't get to that, but if you were let go from this company, you may be owed a significant severance. You probably want to connect with me as soon as possible so we can discuss that. David, appreciate that, and that's where we're going to let it be for tonight. We hope you learned a whole bunch. If not, you can reach out to Lior or there's other avenues. First of all, that phone number, uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And yet another way to do that, get educated, learn more. There's also contact there as well. It's uh, it's anonymous, and that's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll do it all again on the weekend. Come back for that. But don't go anywhere. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson. That's next. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.